0: This is Candice Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. So, are you ready for The Waymaker? am super excited about this series. I have been thinking and praying about this series as a prayer series for a little while now. now I've, in the beginning of this year, we started praying through what it means to be bold for God. We've been praying an Acts verse over us that we would be bold in preaching the gospel. Um, and I think through, throughout the second half of this year, we've been developing that deeper down, in, down into our souls. We have to, like I just said, work on our character. Because if we're not a church people want to be in, what, what are we inviting them back to when we evangelize? <laughs> Right? We can't be bold for the gospel and then terrible at character. We'll drive people away. A toxic culture drives healthy people out. And so we have to be a people of deep faith, deep conviction, deep character. This walking as close to Jesus as we possibly can. And so I've been looking at this series like a prayer series. We need to develop our prayer lives. But the more I plan it out, the more... <sighs> the more I, I realize it's a who God is series. Which absolutely affects the way that we interact with him, of course. When we see him for who he really is, it changes everything. It changes how we interact with him. When you see him as the way maker, you ask him for a way where there is no way. You're more likely to come to him with requests for rescue and guidance and provision. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. His very life and death on the cross were making a way for us where there was no way. That's what our Father does. He is the way maker. Did you know early Jewish Christians didn't refer to themselves as Christians yet? They referred to themselves as followers of the way. Either coming from what I just mentioned about what Jesus said, I am the way, or possibly from Isaiah 40, verse 3, that says, prepare the way of the Lord. And so there's lots of places within the word and within history where we can get this concept of the way maker. We're going to go over a bunch of them in this series, in fact. But where I really caught this concept about who God is for the first time was something untrue. It was actually a piece of fiction, I read a book called Blink, or I think it's been rewritten since, as Blink of an Eye by Ted Decker. Anybody, Ted Decker fans in here, Christian fiction? They're like thrillers, page turners. Uh, I read this book called Blink by Ted Decker. I don't even remember most of the book. I actually picked it up off my shelf again this week and paged through it, and I'm like, man, I need to read this again, because I don't remember a lot of it. But one scene in that book Will stick with me forever, because it cemented this idea in my head. Okay, can I lay it out for you? Again, fiction, but it reveals truth. Isn't it crazy how fiction does that sometimes? Reveals truth in our lives. So here's the setup. The protagonist of the book is a man named Seth Border. He's a college student with like one of the highest IQs on the planet. Okay, a very smart dude. And he begins to develop this supernatural ability to see multiple futures in the book. Okay, again, remember fiction. But he sees multiple futures, and, and he has the mental capacity to figure them out as he goes. So if he does this, this will happen. If he does this, this will happen. And at first, this ability manifests itself for a few seconds at a time, but it gradually exponentiates to multiple hours at a time, even days out. He can see multiple futures, depending on what he does. Well, the plot of the book, he's thrown into this situation where he is with this Saudi princess who is running for her life. She's come from a Muslim background, and she's fleeing her country to escape oppression, and and he's helping her escape. It's a whole, remember I said page-turner, okay? It's a good book, but... Seth is in this faith-questioning season of his life. And he actually, in the beginning, you see him sort of um, try to prove to a professor professor of his that God is not real by using logic and all of these things. And he begins to think that because of this ability to see multiple futures, there cannot exist an all-knowing God. How can that be if there are actually multiple futures and if I can change the future based on what I do? And so throughout the story, you see him struggle with this idea of God's existence. And uh, so that's the setup, here's a little spoiler. I know some of you, how many of you hate movie spoilers? Like you're one of those people that's like, la la la, don't tell me, Matthew. Well, I don't know what to tell you, get over it, I guess, because spoiler alert, I'm telling you this, This the whole reason for me telling you is this one scene, okay? Uh, Seth and Miriam are running for their lives, okay? And by the way, I've told so many people about this book, and like one of you have ever read it. So did you read it? Okay, two, three, maybe? So I have very little reticence in telling you this spoiler. Anyway, the ones that I've told about and wanted to read it, read it. So this scene will stick with me forever. I hope it had the same effect on you guys. (laughs) And I hope I tell it correctly, too, because it's been a long time. Miriam and Seth are in the middle of the desert, somewhere in the United States, and they come to this place where Seth can see lots of different futures, I mean millions of possibilities, and none of them provide them a way out. Okay, they're being hunted. They're going to get caught, no matter what they do. And finally, they're sitting on the side of the road. He doesn't know what to do, because there is no way out. He says, hopefully something will open up, but time goes on. Nothing is opening up. They're going to get caught no matter what. Miriam will probably be killed back in her own country and he's gonna get in big trouble because it's law enforcement, and blah, blah. So they're sitting there, side of the road, and he says, you know what? Let's conduct an experiment. They're talking about their faith all throughout this book. And he's challenging her faith and his faith and all of it. Finally, he says, here's the experiment. I'm gonna first pray to your God, Allah, and ask him for a way. I'm going to ask him for an opening here. So he kneels down, he prays, stands back up, again, thinks through the multiple futures, nothing opens up. And to him, he knew it. You know what I mean? That God's not real. God isn't real. Nothing nothing is going to change, right? Then he's like, you know what? I might as well pray to Jesus as well because that's the faith I grew up around. So he kneels down, he prays to Jesus. And I love how he addresses him in the book. I did reread this scene. It says, God of Jesus and Jesus who is God. That's how he addresses him. And he kneels down and he prays. He says, make a way, one single way. It's not possible, but if you're real, make a way. He stands back up and he's like, see? And then it hits him. Oh, single way, one way opens up that he can now run through and get out of this situation. I didn't read the rest of the book this week, so I don't remember how it actually ends. But that one scene will stick with me every single time, literally now, ever since I read that, every single time I pray for something that seems impossible, I think of that scene. God is the way maker. He opens up a possibility where there was no possible way out. He can do that. That is who. And I know this is fiction. And I I tell people that all the time. Like the best book I've ever read on prayer is complete fiction. Right? Read this book. Because it opened up just that concept. He is the way maker. That is my God. That is the God of Daniel in the lion's den. That is the God of... The Red Sea and Moses, that is the God of fresh manna being delivered in the desert for four decades. That is the God of burning bushes and of feeding 5,000 people and of walking on water and the blind seeing and the lame walking. That is the God who makes a way where there is no way. That's who he is. And I haven't been able to stop thinking about that moment, that piece of fiction ever since. I now see it on every page where God does something impossible there can be literally no way through the mess that I'm in that's the reality in the natural I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place there's nothing left for me to do but I know a God who can bend reality my God can change reality he makes a way where there is no way and throughout this series I would love for you to try to keep that picture in your mind Every time you get on your knees to pray, every time you lay your hands on someone and ask God for healing, every time you ask God for a way out, think of that moment. He can move on your behalf. I actually wrote that part in my notes as he is moving on your behalf. Look, there are a lot of preachers out there who would say that. He is moving on your behalf. But I've been a pastor for 14 years now, church-going, Pentecostal, Bible-thumping Christian for 36 years now, and I've heard a prayer or two, and there are some times when God says no. There are verses in the Bible that literally say God won't hear the prayers of such and such, such, and such a person. We'll go over that in this series, too. These are not blanket promises for every... Believer in Jesus, okay. He can move on your behalf, and and first in this series, I want to open your mind up to how big God is, right? how how big He is, how miraculous He can be, and then we'll go over what happens when God says no. What happens when our prayers are terrible, right? What what is a good prayer? How to enlarge your faith? What Jesus prayed about? Maybe some other things along the way as God leads, but that's. This series. Does that sound good? Is that what you need right now? Because it's what I need right now. Are you excited for this series? Okay. We're going to jump in with another story here today. This one isn't fiction, it's true. And it's from Daniel 6. Are you ready? Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province the king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Now, you don't have to know much background to the book of Daniel to understand this story. This is in the Old Testament. It's a a, crazy story of Jewish men being plucked out of their their religion, their culture, their context and put into a secular one. It's a great read if you're feeling in that same place. So many of us as Christians we feel displaced in our own culture. That being said this is, you don't need much background to understand this story but we see Daniel being Promoted here because of his gifts, right? And your gifts do make a way for you. Proverbs eighteen sixteen says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. It's just the way that it is. Talent tends to get you more access, but it's not just talent that will keep you there. Some people complain in churches sometimes because the talented ones are the ones that get promoted, they get the stage time, they get whatever they see as power. Talent might get you there, but character keeps you there, right? Character can also get you into some trouble, as we see in this case. And in the case of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And countless others, including Jesus, of course. But when character gets you into trouble, then it's God who fights your battles. Your talent will make a way for you, but don't squander it with a lack of character. If you're a leader in anything even in your own home, right? You're a mom, you're a dad, you have a family. If you're a leader in anything, work more on your character than your competency. It's more about who you are than what you do, okay? Verse four, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king. And they said, long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders for the, that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now your majesty, your majesty issue and sign this law, so it cannot be changed an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked, so King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. (laughs) I love this, in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed there three times a day just as he had always done. Giving thanks to his God. This is what I love about Daniel. Couldn't care less, right? Heard the law, yep, heard it, but I got to go pray now, right? We don't see him like hemming and hawing about it. He's not fretting and pacing back and forth. Should I, shouldn't I? He just calmly goes back to his prayer room, right? He said, y'all do you, but I got to do me. I got to go pray. He is unbothered. Not that he doesn't ask God for help, but he goes about his business. Then the officials, verse 11, went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied. That decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of his predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your Majesty, you know that according to the law, of the Medes and the Persians no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Verse 17, a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seal of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, long live the king. The fact that he even said that after being thrown into the lions den by the king, right? When your faith is placed in God, not in men, you very easily return blessings for curses. We talked about this a little last week, right? When you see the world correctly through the lens of Jesus, curses don't need to be said because God takes care of you. When your faith is placed in God... Not in men. You return blessings for curses easily. That's what he did. Long live the king, he said. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor. The Bible can be brutal (laughs) sometimes. Then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. How about that for a story about prayer? It's a day of stories. (laughs) And I hope these will stick with you because they've opened up. When you fully understand how big God is, it opens up so much awe and wonder at who God is. Daniel had a regular prayer life, it wasn't just in crisis. Daniel had a faith filled prayer life. He knew who his source was. Now, we're going to dig down in some nitty gritty over the next few weeks with the series, but this is that big picture view right now that I want you to hold on to as we move throughout this. If you can just get these two concepts regular prayer life and a faith filled prayer life if that's all you get from this whole series, it will change everything for you. Pray regularly often, every day. Talk to God about everything. These do not have to be rote, memorized, pretty prayers. A lot of us are intimidated at first to pray, especially out loud to God. Just have a conversation. Just talk to him about what's on your heart. Ask him for the things that you need, <clears throat> but also listen when he talks back. God will whisper to your soul. It should be a conversation, a back and forth. He will whisper to you. He will open up your mind in ways that just isn't possible without his help. I can't tell you how many times I have prayed to God, expressed all of these, usually complaints, you know. I'm hemming and hawing about whatever going on in my life. And God doesn't change the situation. He changes my perspective. It's how I look at the situation that completely and totally changes. This is what he does. So we don't just reserve prayer for times of crisis. Yes, talk to him in times of crisis. Absolutely, right? He is the rescuer. So ask him for rescue when you need it. So many people, by the way, get themselves into a situation. They've done something Now they're dealing with the consequences, right? They know it was wrong, but they're afraid to go back to God because they don't deserve rescue, right? And they think that that's the correct way to see him because God is so good and I am so not and I don't deserve to go back to him, right? Of course you don't. (laughs) That's the answer, by the way. Of course you don't. None of us do. You didn't deserve it when you came to him the first time for salvation either, And yet, he gave it. He rescued you then, and he wants to rescue you now. Yeah, but I know better. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter. God is a rescuing God. When you go to him with a humble heart, pure heart, say, God, I messed up. I know I messed up. I'm ready to repent. I don't want to go back to it. I just need your forgiveness. He says yes every time because he is a rescuing God. This is what I mean by understanding who he is. It's it's probably the biggest hurdle to anyone trying to pray. We have a wrong understanding of who he is. Daniel had a faith-filled prayer life, meaning he was able to be unbothered by humans and their laws and their stuff because he knew who God was. His source wasn't the king. His source was God. Am I saying he wasn't nervous going into the pit of lions? Mm -mm. Text didn't say that, did it? Mm -mm. I'm sure he was nervous. (coughs) 100%. He was human after all. And the prospect of being eaten alive by lions, not something anyone wants to think about. (laughs) It's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Was he praying for a solution that wouldn't require him to actually go into the lion's den? Definitely, I'm sure. I'm sure because that's what I would be praying, 100%, right? Did that prayer get answered? In my experience, this is common. It's not an always or never thing, but very often I see People begging God for a way out of their situation, only to be denied. They have to walk through that thing. The answer isn't always clear. In this situation, I doubt very much that God said to Daniel, I will shut the lion's mouths, you'll be fine. (laughs) Right? Because I've been through a thing or two with God myself. And I know that when I'm walking through that thing, I don't see the end of it. I just have to put one foot in front of the other. Daniel probably went in there thinking, I'm going to meet God today. It is what it is at this point, right? I mean, Maybe he also went whispering prayers the whole walk to the lion's den, but he didn't waver. We see this concept throughout the word. In fact, we're going to study this over the next week and month. Like Job said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they said, our God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, there's no way we're bowing down to you. Come what may, right? Furnace and all. Or Jesus, the Garden of Gethsemane, when he said, let this cup pass from me, but your will be done. Right? Or that that father begging Jesus for a miracle. I believe, but help my unbelief. that. Faith. Faith is not the absence of unbelief. We often think that we we're not faith-filled people because it, there's this thing in me that just just can't quite get over. It's the logic of it. It's the I don't know. We have all these things. Faith is not the ability to know everything and have all the answers. It's moving forward, even when you're scared. Right? In fact, there's this concept I think about often called the necessary ignorance of man. There are some things that are not for you to know. More knowledge does not always equal more obedience. In fact, for Adam and Eve, it meant less obedience. Right? There are some things about God and about the future that he has ordained that are not for us to know. When Moses went up on the mountain... In the very presence, thick, heavy, cloud-like presence of God, God said, you cannot see my face. He was in his presence, but couldn't see his face. He couldn't experience all of what God had, all of who God is on this side of eternity. For faith to exist, we can't know everything. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Trusting God, even when you don't a little bit, that's faith. Obeying, even when there's nothing in it for you, is faith, right? Your prayers don't have to sound like a sermon that brings the house down. They don't have to be declarations and power moves and all of that. It's okay if they are, don't get me wrong. But quiet obedience is faith too. Scared obedience is faith too. Because the more you step out in faith, the less scared you become over time. This is why the faith of a mustard seed is so powerful, by the way. This was a revelation to me when I first realized it. The faith of a mustard seed is so powerful because it just believes. There may not be any showboating or loud declarations or preaching about it. It just shows up at the bottom of the mountain with a shovel and gets to work, knowing that eventually that mountain will be moved. That's the faith of a mustard seed. And when I learned about the character of God, when we're praying for a mountain to be moved, he's usually the one handing us a shovel. There's this concept I heard Bishop T.D. Jakes say one time. He said, I have a church full of people Let me see if I can get the quote right. I have a church full of people praying for tables and chairs, but God doesn't provide tables and chairs. God provides trees. (laughs) I think God provides the shovel sometimes, but then says start digging, and that mountain will be moved eventually. If you have faith, just a little bit of faith, you'll keep showing up with the shovel saying that mountain's gonna be moved, right? And faith like that is infectious. When you do keep showing up with a shovel, eventually people are behind you shoveling, because it's infectious, faith like that. The faith of a mustard seed just keeps showing up with that shovel, even when it looks impossible, even when no one else is helping, even when things look really, really bleak and hard. It keeps obeying even when it's thrown into a lion's den, or a furnace, Or run out of town with death threats or led through the wilderness for four decades or hung on a cross. This life lived with Jesus is big and powerful and amazing and miraculous, but it's also in the little things. In the everyday small decisions. In those moments that no one else sees. And if you can't be faithful with a little... When no one else is watching, you'll probably never see the miraculous moments. Who would have thought that God would shut the lion's mouths? That wasn't even a remote possibility anyone would have thought of. Daniel was praying for a way to not go in the lion's den. He never, I guarantee you, he never thought that God would shut the lion's mouths once in there. That he would get to just chill with some lions and an angel all night. Like, that was not on the bingo card for that night for him it just he ne- <laughs> I guarantee you he never thought that no one thought he was coming out of that den unscathed i mean the king had a little bit of hope he fasted and he he ran out there right no one thought that was going to happen god's solutions are often so much different than we think they should be his thoughts are higher his ways better we often Never would have guessed how God's going to work it out. Just like that story from a fictional book called Blink, right? God opens up possibilities that just weren't there before. That just weren't there in the natural. Because it's supernatural. It supersedes what we think is going to happen. That's the God that we serve. Faith says, I have no idea how this will happen or if it will happen, but I trust God anyway. I don't see a way, but I know the way maker, the everlasting God, the God that exists outside of time and space, the one who can speak and things leap to obey, the one who created all of this out of nothing, the only one who can create out of nothing. That's the way maker. Today, there are two ways to respond to this message. maybe three because I've been working on something else all morning first ways I had written down where I will I will begin to set aside time daily to pray some of us aren't praying we don't have a prayer life we may pray when something big comes up but in the good days there's no conversation going back and forth between us and God it takes a crisis to get us back on track right now, I'm asking you to begin to pray daily. Set aside time to pray. Well, Candace, you don't know. I, I can hear your thoughts right now. You don't know my situation. I'm a mom of 87, and they are—they're all up early, and I have work, and I have the, the house, and you just—you don't understand. Set your alarm 10 minutes earlier. <laughs> you make time for what's important. I guarantee you, your favorite Netflix show has been watched. You make time. For what you want to make time for, make the time. By the way, because I just because I use the example of a mother of eighty-seven, <clears throat> even one feels like eighty-seven sometimes. Uh, from experience, God meets you where you are. I'm walking the baby, praying and singing. Right, I'm changing a diaper, praying over him. We're in bath time, singing praises to God. It doesn't have to be set aside, like my Bible is open and there's no distractions and things are quiet. God meets you right where you are. In fact, some of the most profound thoughts I've ever had, planning sermons or just in my Bible time, were after the Bible was in front of me. I read a little bit, I got interrupted, I'm off doing something else, and then it hits me, Right? God unlocks things, or or oftentimes it's, I I pray before I go to bed at night, I'm reading, I'm putting the word in, and in the middle of the night I wake up and I'm like, that's it. Or I wake up in the morning with a clear plan. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. I'm struggling with how to respond to somebody or how to handle a certain situation. And I'm like, God, I'm just giving it to you. I'm gonna go to sleep, I'm gonna sleep good tonight. I'm not gonna worry about it all night. I'm gonna wake up, maybe there'll be something new from you in the morning. and I go to sleep. And when I wake up, I have a clear plan. I have the energy to accomplish it, the boldness that I need to go and do it, and it all falls into place. It doesn't have to be this. We we make it too hard sometimes. God wants to live life with you. He really does. Not that we shouldn't, you know, ignore him. Not that we should ignore him and just go about our day, but make the time, the time that you have, even a little bit of time will multiply itself 10 times over in your life. Think about it all the time. I will begin to set aside time daily to pray. Is number one. Number two, I need to step out and trust God. And maybe there's some of you today that have been praying about something tough for a long time, but you're praying about a very specific answer to your problem. I need this specific thing to happen. Maybe just take a step back from that and say, God, I know you are big. You are the way maker, you are the miracle worker. I know that you can do something huge in my life that I may not even be seeing yet. Here's the problem, I'm gonna give it to you. Instead of trying to figure all this out myself, I'm just gonna, it's your problem now, right? And you can stand on his promises with this. If you are a tither, for example, and you're in financial trouble, you go to God and you say, God, I tithe. Your word says, bring the whole tithe, test me in this and see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you won't even have room enough for it. So where where is it? That's the promise. I've been obedient. I'm standing on that and I'm asking you for provision. It's your problem now given it to you. This can be done in so many promises throughout the word. He is our provider. He is the deliverer. He is the comforter. Now, you have to do your part in that, which is a concept we're gonna go over, right? You gotta be walking in obedience. God's not gonna deliver you just for you to go back to the same old stuff. And sometimes he does. Sometimes he does, and we go back, and the problem magnifies somehow gets way 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 worse so it's not always helpful for God to keep delivering you and delivering you and deliver you out of situations for you just to go back in fact it makes it worse this is why sometimes God says no I believe we'll get into all these concepts throughout the series today some of us just need to take a step back and say I-, I need to stop controlling everything I need to stop trying to be the problem solver myself and I need to put you in your right place on the throne of my life, that you are the provider, not me. You are the provider, not my job. You are the provider, not my spouse, it's you. I'm gonna stop looking for all of my solutions and I'm gonna start asking you for yours. God changed my perspective. Right? Maybe I'm the one wrong in this situation, not them. I'm open to that. Whatever you have for me, I'm open to that. I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna trust you, okay? The third thing, this is something God's just laying on my heart this morning. Actually, before I went to bed last night, I started looking for a new Bible plan for us. And I just couldn't find one. There were lots of them on prayer. If you need to know about prayer, go to the Bible app, type prayer in the plan section. There's a ton of them. But what I want to look at throughout this week in particular is ways when God was the way maker. Uh, places throughout the word where he was, the where he made a way miraculously where there was no way. I just couldn't find that, so I'm going to build my own. Over this next week, follow us on social media, download the app, go to effie.church slash Bible plan. It's not all there yet because it's been sort of coming all morning, but go there throughout this week and read along with us. Every day this week, I'm going to post a new story in the Bible where God did this. He made a way where there was no way and we're going to read those together. Will you do that with me? We read those? Yeah? Okay. Father, we thank you and we praise you for who you are. We serve such a big God. God, help us not to put you in a box all of the time or we manage you down to this little thing that we can carry around in our pocket or something help us see you as the big amazing miracle worker that you are you are our provider you are the deliverer the comforter the healer you are our source for everything that we need god help us to go to you and only you Help us to go to you first with our problems, not as a last resort. Help us communicate communicate with you in brand new and different ways than we ever have before. God, speak to our hearts and minds. Be our rescuer in times of trouble. As we study the word throughout this week, help us to see Jesus on every page, to see the rescue of the Father and that we desperately need you more than we ever have before. God, help us to minister to each other in times of crisis. Help us to band together in unity as a church like never before and move forward into what you have for us throughout this series. Speak to hearts and minds. Heads bowed and eyes still closed. I don't want to move on today without offering you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Jesus is the way maker. He literally made a way for us to be right with our heavenly father where there was no way. There is nothing that you can do to make up for all of the sin and selfishness in your life, except say yes to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He will produce life and life abundantly in your life. All you have to do is say yes to him, to being his disciple, to learning from him and growing from him and saying, God, forgive me, accepting his forgiveness in your life. Today, I want to offer you that opportunity. Some of us need this, this moment a moment to leave the past behind and move forward into the future. Maybe it's been a really long time for you and you're just coming back to it. Do you wanna say yes to Jesus today? That from today forward, I'm gonna give my life to him. I'm gonna ask him to come in and forgive me, and I'm gonna follow him to the best of my ability. If that's you today and you're sitting in this room, would you just raise your hand? I wanna say yes to Jesus. I'm in following him if you're watching online you can text the number on the screen I'd love to have that conversation with you anybody in here today like that I want to give my life to Jesus awesome thank you okay for the rest of you if you would say yes to one of those other ways I I want to begin to set aside time daily in my life to pray or I need to step out and begin to trust God. Fessy, would you just raise your hand? I'd just like to know who I'm praying for this morning. Father, I thank you and I praise you for each and every hand raised. Thank you that we are stepping out in new ways of trusting you throughout this series, throughout this week. God, wrap your arms around each and every one of us. Let every single person who raised their hand today know just how much you love them, how much you are there for them in times of trouble, how much you want to rescue them, that you're just waiting for us to come to you. You're just waiting for us to ask. God, communicate that to our hearts and minds. Help us be the vibrant, passionate, selfless disciples you've called us to be and truly change the world with the message of the gospel. Help us trust you with everything that we have as the Waymaker. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.churchslash imn. Remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.